This is Big Man Tyrone, and you're about to watch the MTG Cabal cast with your hosts, Wode, Thirsty, and Reptar. Sub to us on all your podcast networks at MTG Cabal cast and YouTube. <laughs> all right, well, guys, welcome to the newest episode of the Cabal cast. There's me and Rep holding it down as usual. Uh, pretty big announcement last week, and unsurprisingly it's pretty much the entirety of the episode oh, yeah. so it's going to be modern horizons what it means uh, financially information on it buy a box promo a few speculative thoughts on what could or could be in it and then we'll take it away after that uh things that could be affected you know by what is or isn't in there based on what they told us and then we'll give you our picks so Let's get started. Yep. So uh, last week after the announcement went live, uh, it was a Twitch stream, which made it kind of hard to watch in real time because it was out of a 45-minute stream, the first 25 was basically dedicated to Matt Nass talking about the banning of KCI. So I had to go back and skip through it. From that, though, the important takeaways are that this is a format that will pre-release on Moto on June... Uh, sorry, release on Moto on June 13th with a paper release of June 14th the following day. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, though, on June 8th and 9th, that weekend, they will be doing draft-only pre-releases. There will be no sealed pre-releases. So this will be akin to Conspiracy and Conspiracy 2. And I think some Battle Bond pre-releases were this way. Yeah. Uh, it is a booster-based set, so it will come in boxes of X number of packs. We don't know. And there is a Moto MSRP of $6.99, so $6.99 per pack, with no paper MSRP yet, because paper MSRPs don't exist now. Yeah. And there will be no matching Arena release, which makes sense, because there's no Modern on Arena yet. Um, basic information there. They touch briefly on the fact that there will be a buy-a-box promo, so a singular promo. It will be a reprint, and thus it will be a new-to-modern card. Uh, chances are it's probably going to be either Cabal Therapist or the Sarah Planeswalker, which I have up from the announcement now because we've seen those. Uh, otherwise, yeah. it'll be one of the other marquee cards, but not one of the top ten cards that uh, Watsi has decided on. I don't know. It could be Nexus of Fake Quality. Who knows? Oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, some other basic information. It'll be 249 brand-new cards to Modern, uh, 254 if you add in the basic lands. And this, is, this next piece of information is one that took a while to suss out, and I had to go through the video a bunch to figure this out. So the reprints are all new to modern. So that means all the reprints will be cards that are older than either Mirrodin or 8th edition, whichever set is the, uh, the flagstone Starting, for yeah. modern. And these are cards that are played in Vintage and Legacy, but are not at Vintage or Legacy power. So the examples that I could come up with that made sense are things like Veteran Explorer and Scavenging Ooze. Because Scavenging Ooze was a legacy-only card when it first released thanks to Plane Chase. Sorry, uh, Commander. Yeah. And then became a M13 or M14 rare. One of the two, yeah. And those cards did not, you know, blow the doors off of it. They are legacy-only for a reason, age. But they are not legacy power level. So th that's the kind of calibration we can expect. And yeah. one of the things that's very vague about this announcement is that a lot of the new cards will celebrate both modern and magic's rich history. And for this, they cited both the Cabal Therapist, which is Cabal Therapy's flashback cost on a creature, 
and the Sarah Planeswalker, which is a Planeswalker people have been asking for for a while. Sarah played a huge part in the story of Magic from start to probably original Rav, and she never yeah. saw uh, a Planeswalker form, where in the monocolored Commander decks we got Freya Elise, who was around at that some point in time, and nobody cared about, <laughs> by comparison. Yep. So She blew up Pernicious Deed. That was fine. Yeah, and and that's <laughs> a lot of the, the base level information that we have. <clears throat> and from there, uh, we can basically begin to uh, extrapolate what we're going to see with this in regards to the the finance aspect of things uh one thing i did want to mention before we dive in too deep was on blogatog marrow answered a question which he does there uh that i thought was actually really important for him to answer and someone asked is this going to be a limited print run set is this going to be a master style because with a product like this especially after saying there's no msrp that was one of the first things a lot of people worried about. And he responded, no, this is not a limited print set. This is going to be a print-at-will set. So I don't know if it's going to be like Conspiracy 2, where they print it into the ground and yep. it's still sitting at wholesalers a year ago, or if it's going to be you know, unhinged, where we have a few smaller releases, but you know there's more coming. But that's... Before anyone starts the sky is falling stuff, that is one thing I wanted to say is that Mero at least did something to assuage fears regarding the print run. Yeah. And saying that this is not a limited print run product, which is really good. Yeah, it'll make things a lot easier for people at the start. And then as the print run kind of dries up in like, what is it, nine months to a year, things will, you'll see a, a more sharp uptick uh, for yeah. cards that haven't immediately broken out into modern and, and thus require a much higher price tag. Yeah, for sure. Definitely something to keep in mind. Uh, so one of the things that we were hoping for before this announcement was that they were going to be reprinting some high-profile modern cards that might have either necessitated a reprint based on percentage of meta share or cost overall. And with that announcement of the fact that these reprints will only be cards new to modern, a quick rundown of things that are just going to blow up during this modern season after the set releases. The Zendikar Fetchlands, as they basically have maybe one and a quarter to one and a half print runs worth of population being in yeah. original Zendikar and Modern Masters 3. The uh, M10 release ley lines, so basically Sanctity and Void, despite the Void. fact that Void was in Dissension. It's still a very yeah. limited print run. Print run. The Scars of Mirrodin Fastlands. Get your foils now. Or just your non-foils. And Yeah, that too. Off the top of my head, I don't know the names of many of them. Besides Copperline Gorge is the red-green one. Blackleaf Cliffs, Black Dark Cliffs. Slick Shores, Razor Verge, Thicket. Green-white one. And the blue-white one Chrome. is Seacrum Coast. Coast. Yep. Yeah. So that's that cycle. And while Dark Slick Shores and Seacrum Coast... Uh, don't see much play outside of the Ad Nauseam deck. Uh, they do see a little bit of play. Razor Verge Thicket is right now sometimes in the Counters Company deck, the Devoted Druid. Uh, yeah, and, uh, Bogles as well, which has pretty much disappeared. And then the Jund Fastlands are not just in Dredge, but do sometimes make it into Jund itself. There was a, t a small period in time where Tron was a lot heavier, red-green, and so they were playing one or two Copperline Gorges. By that time, is uh, long gone, thanks to Willamog. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Fastlands, and then things like Noble High Arc and Mox Opals. 
Yep. High profile cards that kind of make the format turn. They do some uh, degenerate things. Quotes for a noble hierarch. And just allow a lot of decks to kind of yeah, uh, function properly. Yeah. You can yeah. play Bogles without Noble Hierarch, and you could play uh, Devoted, Druid, Devoted Druid combo without Hierarch. You could play Spirits without Hierarch, and you can play End Time Vanifar without Hierarch. But without that card, those decks are anywhere between a half a turn and one and a half turns slower than they naturally yeah. would be. And that's so, not where they want to be. So no, not I at all. I think that's, that's definitely something that, you know, I. And I, I will be the first to say this. I harp on Watsi all the time on this show. Everybody who's watched any episode knows that. I think what they're doing with Modern Horizons is great, but I, of course, am going to find something wrong with it because that's who I am. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, this this was, I think, the one miss, which I hope, you know, maybe we can get fetches or ley lines or something in the Commander product this year or in the Fall Supplemental, if we're even doing a Whatever Fall Supplemental. Is, yeah. I. Who knows? Because with a June release date, that's this may be the fall supplemental product. Yeah. Who knows? Um, uh, but those are those are things I would definitely start moving in on last week. Yeah. If I were you, as if you were thinking about them or if you need them, pick up your tarns now. I expect within a month they'll be a hundred dollars. Yeah. The the set does start previewing very quickly. It is uh, sometime in the beginning of May, so we have about a month and a half to kind of gear up and start seeing. Uh, cards that aren't quickly moving begin to uptick. Uh, yeah, something like Monomorphos is most likely just going to rocket uh -oh. yesterday. I, I haven't checked the price, but one can assume that what might bring it back down to earth is if they do put additional rituals in this set that are modern yeah. legal. So they won't be reprinting any cards on the ban list, with, which means there won't be any Seething Song and there won't be uh, Rite of Flame, which I believe is banned in modern. Yeah, but what might be what might happen is we might get non-red rituals, so we might get a dark ritual, maybe. Or we might get an Elvish Spirit Guide to go... Necro. Around. Let's get Necro. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> a boy can dream. Yeah. But yeah, I think ESG, there could be some rituals that might see it, but I don't necessarily know they're going to be enough for a card like Manamorphos that's played in so many decks where it's as much the cantrip yes. as it is the storm count exactly if pot if uh preordain was unbanned i don't think phoenix would play monomorphos at all no no like no, just, I'm, sure. uh, I'm just talking about that yeah. card like storm can yeah. use it absolutely because it, it it's a it pulls double duty yeah. there it doesn't need to make two mana in, in yeah. phoenix that's just in excess you can yeah. play the Pyromancer Ascension version, which is what Shahar Shenhar and a bunch of other people are playing this weekend, and still do just fine without Monomorphos if you had yeah. something like Preordain. True. So those are just some of the immediate cards that we thought of. Just We've been waiting on for a while, inevitable reprints, cards that people have been moving into and out of in in the Cabal recently because the, they were afraid of reprints or they don't expect reprints, and now, without anything coming, a bunch of people are taking a position on this. Yeah. And there's definitely a lot of room to play with the market and take advantage of uh, the sales this weekend and in the coming weeks of people who just want to get out of X, Y, or Z because they're they're done or they don't feel like these cards are going to hold value in the long term. Yeah. Uh, I, I think shocks, obviously, you know, maybe hold off and move into fetches now instead. Shocks are super depressed. We also have another Ravnica set where we don't know if they're going to pull a Dragon's Maze or not. Mm -hmm. 
who knows? Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they could and throw shocks in the packs, at which case shocks drop even more. Yeah, I, I'm willing to pick up shocks uh, over buy list, but not by that much more. Just yeah, because they're, as we've seen, uh, easily reprintable and they're staples. And if you can pick them up, up at buy list and hold them until this set goes legal, or yeah, get, gets released, there's a chance you could still move out at a, at a profit, but you have to be moving in at buy list, really, and, and yeah. no more. Otherwise, it's going to be a couple-year proposition, and you just got to dodge any potential reprints. I don't. In the meantime, yeah. Yeah, I don't think there'll ever be evergreen cards within standard, so there's no fear of holding for a year or two. Um, no. The four yeah. or five-year plan, however long it's been between rav blocks, might be the maximum you can sit on these cards. Now, we don't have to go back to rav to get these cards either. They yeah. put the core set fat or what do they call them? Buddy lands into. Checklands, check tangos, lands, whatever. Yeah. No, the tangos are the BFC ones because it takes two. You're right, yeah. Right. Uh, the the checklands that were in Innistrad are were in Dominaria, and the core set checklands were in Ixalan. So yeah, you know, these are fairly agnostically named cards that can make it into any set. They could be evergreen if they want to, and they don't really affect standard that much. They're unfetchable, yeah. and they they kind of keep things running pretty smoothly because there's a really high chance they enter the battlefield untapped. Yeah. Those are the ones I would worry about holding even at a year or two. Yeah, true. But... Uh, I, I think the interesting part of the announcement was the no reprints not new to modern like we touched on, because there was a lot of discussion at first, and I'm not sure if you were watching... I, sorry, you, I know you weren't watching the stream. There was a lot of discussion in the stream itself about people and what that meant, uh-huh. because... The speculation was all over the place. There oh, was, yeah. you know, Necro, a boy can dream, <laughs> uh, Counterspell, yep. uh, you know, someone was like, oh, what was the reserve? Oh, Palancron. Someone was adamant Palancron was going to get printed, no matter how many times they were told it was on the reserve list. And there's even some people that have said, oh, this is when they're going to break the reserve list. No! It's just exactly what they said not new to modern reprints Mm -hmm. that are like we discussed the veteran explorer scavenging ooze yeah scavenging ooze by the way perfect example of what you can expect yeah uh even pernicious deed yeah pernicious deed is another one that i i would love to see pernicious deed here it is a fair card Mm -hmm. it's not busted i don't think either that at this point much like you know you and i talked about before we went live rep it's worth speculating on what cards are or are not going to be printed yeah i don't think you need to off now unless you're panicking because you know frankly the majority of magic's history is a potential reprint for this set yes because the modern border hasn't been around for the majority of magic's history so there is an incredibly rich pool of cards that they could pull from, and I wouldn't necessarily panic sell your stuff now. Be patient. Yeah. I would, however, definitely buy in on fetches, ley lines, fast lands, mobiles, stuff like that. Yeah, the things that we know are not going to get reprinted. Right now, if you check the finance subreddit and some other magic-related subreddits, people are talking about foil counter spells spiking because there are one, two, three sets that contain a foil counter spell. One of them is a supplemental. And we're not even talking about the judge promos, foil and non-foil yet. Yeah. But we have no idea that card's going to be reprinted. In regards to a blue, uh, 
Counterspell in particular, we do know from the stream that Watsy thinks the poster card for the set, the most powerful card, is a blue card. So a lot of people jumped on this train. But it doesn't have to be Counterspell. It could be Days. It could be something like Deep Analysis. Expropriate. Yeah. <laughs> but do you know um, how much Taking Turns would love that? What's he the, could have four sleeves on that. The four, uh, two CMC fork that has uh, the vote mechanic on it. Oh, uh, the one that Sneak and Show runs. Yes, that I can't, one. I can't remember what it's called, but that that is actually an incredibly powerful card, and I could absolutely see that. I I also think a reasonable explanation for that, for those spiking, because the sets they're mentioning are seventh masks, yep. uh, which are and A25. So A25 separate, whatever. But masks and seventh are also middle school yes. foils, which we touched on last, last episode. Week, yeah. Uh, and that's something that people in those formats want is the old border pimp. So it could just be pure coincidence, guys. It doesn't mean it's going to be in the set. Oh, absolutely. So you got, like I said, you got you got to hedge your bets. And for us, we believe that the best hedges on cards that are not going to be reprinted because we know for a fact they will not be reprinted in this set. As we get a little more information about this set, which I assume will come probably every two or three weeks leading up until May, we'll get a clearer vision of how Watsi designed this set. It's been in works for over a year, and they said every time they kicked it back to the think tank, and the think tank didn't ch wasn't asked to change things, just add more, the set got better and better and better, and it became less about being a generic supplemental and more about being a celebration of basically magic and modern as a whole. So it's going to be a really interesting set with some really interesting uh, cards to come out of it. And one of the things I noticed when I was putting together our information on Friday, I was collating everything down. I knew there was going to be a hashtag for this thing. It wasn't on the uh, on the, the, the dedicated page, so I just searched Watsi's Twitter. And the hashtag for this is MTGMH for Modern Horizons and then the number one. And that is either one meaning the first supplemental set in 2019 or, or the first of several modern horizons. We don't know yet. Yeah. I, I, their, their new branding system for their hashtags is the most confusing thing in the world to me. So okay. This is a very tinfoil hatty thing here. Just because I was looking for the hashtag to appropriately... Uh, tag our tweet to so anybody who's watching it or listening for it can can see this go by and i was like there's why is there the number one why isn't it 2019 or why did they even bother with a number at all why isn't it just mtgmh yeah i i don't know i yeah i i think this is their you know they're not doing master sets maybe it is every year modern horizon set maybe it's some new injection into the format because you yeah. know the one the one thing I will say of all the speculation coming out of this that I kind of agree with is the number of people saying that this is them turning modern into legacy, which I'm fine with. Yeah, I you know I love legacy. It's amazing. It's a great format. The whole point of modern when they first announced the format was we want an eternal format that is not beholden to the reserved list. Mm -hmm. So the most expensive card is $100 or less. And, you know, last year they got it. And yeah, I think that... Yeah, after their printing. Yeah, af after that happened, I think, you know what? You can start experimenting with it. You met your goal. Do what you want. Mm -hmm. And 
I think that's the one thing that boil all of this down. That makes sense to me. If they're trying to make modern their premier eternal format. And it also is great because it means that, as we know from eternal formats, the markets are fairly stable. Mm-hmm. Because the barrier for entry in those is much higher for power level. So your tier one decks aren't going to be suddenly invalidated unless someone bans KCI yeah, or something like that. But that's going to happen regardless. So you can sit on your fetches knowing, yeah, these fetches are going to be worth money no matter what. Yeah, And I, I think that that is one of the tinfoil hat theories running around that I actually agree with. I think this is them saying, you know what? For better or worse, we're putting Legacy to bed, and we're going to make Modern our flagship Eternal format. Yeah, and I, it's better all around for Grand Prix and things like that, and by doing a supplemental set like this, even if it is a yearly injection of cards that dodge standard to go straight to Modern, the only way these prices are going to become astronomical is if there's if they're just artificially inflated by a hand few of people and organizations just holding on stock and not releasing it, and not yeah. on stock of the sealed product itself just stock of singles yeah and there's going to come a time where there will be downward pressure in the market from a constant release of this if this is what they want to do that will keep this format pretty cheap and who knows maybe every other modern horizon set just becomes a full reprint set to keep the format accessible and you'll have people you know complain and moan about it but Anybody who's doing finance should be very well aware of the risks that are investing into modern or not even investing, just holding more than is necessary of any one given card. You can get, you can see a reprint at any point in time and it becomes extremely risky and you are, you know, hoisting yourself by your own card. So you're, you're either accepting that risk or not. And that's something that, you know, I, I think it's good for the health of modern as a format that that's the case. Absolutely. Uh, yep. You know, people always constantly complain about how, you know, oh, the most expensive part of the deck is the lands, blah, 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 sure. But you can also use them in multiple decks, which is why, like you said, hold on to what you need. You don't need more than a playset yep. of them unless you want multiple decks assembled at once. And if they reprint them and you lose a bunch of money, well... That's on you. Yeah. Yep. You're and, the one that did it. Yep. The only reason I actually have... Uh, more than four of any Zendikar Fetchland is because I have two decks that I want to run in parallel that run Scalding Tarns. And you know what? That That's on me. Yeah. I chose... Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I I didn't choose the Thug Life. <laughs> the Thug Life, yeah. I yeah. I run Abzan Maverick right now yeah. in Legacy, and I run Rock and Modern, or GBX. So, of course, I have a bunch of Verdant Catacombs. Yeah. I'm a- going to get boned if they get reprinted. It's my fault. Yeah. Sorry. It's a fine position to assume if you if you have, you know, four, eight or whatever you need, you're not overly indebted to this. You're not somebody sitting on, you know, forty five ancestral visions that's just waiting yeah. for that inevitable crash. You know? It for is, sure. It, it is what it is. Modern finance is its own its own thing. Yeah. And this is just going to be kind of an interesting situation uh, to unfold in front of us. And like I said, over the next couple of weeks we'll probably get some more information, some more announcements heading into this. We're going to have three Grand Prix over the stretch of two weeks that will be sealed in this format. Uh, we found that out from an internal leak somewhere, either CFB events or Watsi themselves, that told yeah. us the name of the product somewhere late on Thursday night. It could have also been a plant because on Thursday night, leaking the name of the set is Hootie Who. We knew it was yeah. a modern set. 
You know? So if you're drumming up basically interest in it, and then of course to have Saffron Olive be the one that tweets it out. Yeah. It, come on. Yeah. It's whatever. Uh, it's just going to be interesting, and you know, we'll, we'll, we're going to definitely keep up with that and middle school stuff because it's probably going to be some of the more important finance drivers up until War of the Spark. At a point in time, once we have War in front of us as a fully released product, we have five weeks before Modern Horizons, Modern Horizon releases. That's the, wow. the math on that, I believe. War of That's the Spark crazy. is a Grand Prix or... Okay, I figured it out. Magic Fest is the event. Grand Prix are held within Magic Fests. That's why they yes. still use this terminology. I just found out not too long ago. Yeah. War of the Spark will be a Grand Prix format for five weeks as sealed, if they choose to, before we move into the Modern Horizons. Uh, okay. Release. Then we have two weeks of Modern Horizons events back to back we know that for a fact and then we can move back into war of the spark sealed i did not check the uh event calendar because this is when things got a little weird cfb did not does not have q3 and q4 event types listed they have event locations but they do not have types in regards to format and whether it's singles or teams so we'll see what it's going to look like but war of the spark may actually just be kind of pushed aside pretty quickly yeah, it just, it'll really, be... it just means that, like, as in regards to finance, War of the Spark is just going to be kind of quiet unless something is insane in the first couple of weeks. But we'll know that if there's if there's another crisis in there, we'll know very quickly. But a lot of the yeah. action is just going to be on Modern Horizons. That's yeah, very and, true. Yeah, and that that is what it is. And as we move away from Modern Horizons and towards the end of this episode, something that actually came about towards the end of this week that uh, Thirsty threw at me is Good Grief Games took the time. Um, February 25th, 26th, and 28th to put out parsed information about the London Mulligan and what it does in particular to the modern format by way of a handful of very specific topics. In the first article, the first part, they talk about ley lines and what it means to try and mulligan down to a hand with ley lines and what your percentages look like there. And also they compare those numbers to the Vancouver Mulligan rule. Yeah. and what your games will kind of look like from there. The second part talks about Tron and just Tron. And just the, Tron. The third part is uh, not just the summation of all this information, but Burn and Dredge, two other decks uh, alongside Tron that suffer from mul- from deeper mulligans, but a more robust mulligan solution benefits them more than a lot of other decks. And basically yeah. what we found out through this article, when you take the chance to take the time to read it, as was beautifully summed up to me before this, somewhere between an increase in uh, games pl- playable games by two to three percent, or cards that you're looking for in your opening hand will be there with a two to three percent uh, increase. So that doesn't break modern as a whole. That just means you get more competitive games out of these decks that mulligan very poorly the further they go down. They didn't take yeah. a look at some of the other combo decks in the format, like Storm or Semblance Amble or even Infect, which is another deck that mulligans very poorly, but can do yeah. very well on a mulligan, a good mulligan to six. But it just goes to show that this keeps the games a little more lively, and you're going to have a lot more games than you will non-games. And this doesn't yeah. break the format. 
The other concern people have is looking back down into Legacy and Vintage, and in all honesty, if, you've, and if you're the kind of person that plays Legacy and Vintage, you can test this yourself. Just build Dredge and see how it goes. Or Storm. Either format. Enjoy. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares. <laughs> Dredge already mulligans to Bazaar of Baghdad, and this change does not combo well with Serum Powder. No. Which they touch on in uh, part one of the blog, yep. where they talk about how the rules actually work. With the serum powder mulligan, yeah, yeah. Um, it it was it was interesting because it was you know when the mulligan rule first broke, everyone immediately buy all your ley lines, buy all your ley lines, yeah. they're going to skyrocket. And I, it, a mulligan is not going to change the price of those cards that much, guys. It it's not. You either have them already or you don't. Yeah, that's that's it. What what increases the price of that card is having to play them in the main deck. Bogle's playing Leyline of Sanctity to, to up the aura count in a format where Jund is also very popular. Uh, Leyline of the Void being played main deck against KCI and Dredge when that is the format. That's what changes the price on those cards and them not being reprinted. Yeah. Not a change to a mulligan rule. No. It's a modern, modern Horizons will have more impact on their price than a mulligan rule. Yeah. And, uh, Not close. I'm going to put these uh, links up in the uh, YouTube description of the video because these are pretty good reads, irrespective of, of the fact that it just covers you know, those three decks and the ley lines. There's a lot of good information to pull out from here about how the rule works and what you can kind of expect in the future from this in regards to the gameplay overall. And the one thing they don't touch on, but uh, LSV and Marshall Suckliffe did, was in Limited right now, if you mulligan... Uh, a seven card hand because it is unplayable into a playable six you're still giving up a very large amount of percentage points because you have just fewer cards in your opening hand and limited is a very hard format to mulligan well in just yeah. by the nature of the decks as a whole this change however can make a lot of those non-games where you mold a six more uh, enjoyable and it'll give a better play experience and a better viewer experience as well at moving forward in a lot of these events how this is handled on Arena, don't know. But this isn't even a live rule yet. This is all just yeah. testing for Mythic Championship London. Pro Tour London, let's go. Yeah. So that is everything we wanted to cover today. So left is just our picks. And I'll let you go first. Sure. So mine touching again on middle school. Uh, I love this format. It's great. I've played... I, there's three local shops now that have people getting together to play on certain days of the week. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of people building decks. It's awesome. I can't recommend it enough. Mine is the Arena Promo Dismiss. It's yep. kind of low-hanging fruit. Uh, it's still sub six bucks. It's For those of you that don't know, it was, of course, reprinted in Conspiracy. But, like I touched on with the counter spells, old border foils, that's yep. stuff that people want. Uh, so dismiss two blue and two counter target spell draw card. I hear cryptic command is a good spell, and it's pitches to force, which is also legal in the format. So I I think it's a great buy. Being an arena promo, it meant there was a lower print run than the old F and M promos. Yes. Uh, so I think that's another thing going for it. It looks like at this time, there are actually no LP left on TCG Player. I know there were about 17 played copies on Star City Games for sub-$5. 
And it looks like Card Kingdom has about 10 copies left available as well. Again, all sub $5. Interesting. I think it's a great buy for that. It's easily a $10 to $15 foil. And it's even just good for EDH. So if you have a blue deck that can run it, just get it now. Probably play it over Rewind. Uh, Question about the Arena promos. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've received a a few for playing in Arena stuff recently. Uh, There's the Swords to Plowshare and then not Agent of Bolas. um, The card that costs like two in Grixis for a creature. Slave of Bolas, maybe? Oh, yeah, Slave, Um, yeah. Those are the new Arena promos, but older promos like this. Do you remember how that program was handled? So there was an... Yeah, so it was... Arena League existed back then uh, as... And it's similar to there were the arena lands that got passed out. Yes. That had the M symbol. So it was basically like a league structure back in the 90s and early 2000s that they had where you would go one day a week to your shop and it would be you would register for arena league and it would be like an open play type of experience. Okay. You would record your matches and you were given an arena promo. And it was just a way back then that they used to build the community and gave out, you know, free cards to people. Uh, it's later became the WPN program where you have like the slave of bola spoil with the DCI yes. written in the background. But it was basically their early efforts to have a more casual setting for people to come and play. Okay. And yeah, so so that operated for a number of years then. I mean kind of yeah. a low a low caliber and low quantity thing. Uh <laughs> A note about older foils like that, and this is something I'm experiencing now that I'm trying to foil out my Astral Slide deck, is I'm getting a lot of notes from people who are selling LP copies of foils. The card itself might be uh, LP, but the foiling could be cloudy. Yep. And some people care, some people don't. That is just a byproduct of the foiling of the era. And it doesn't necessarily make the card LP or worse. That's kind of a a per deal or per dealer thing. Yeah. So Uh, you can usually take very lightly, like an eyeglass cloth, to it, and a lot of that stuff will wipe off, which is interesting. Yeah, I I have a few I can try that on, but uh, it's not something I've experienced with uh, newer foils. Some people also said, like, if you are going to be transporting uh, cards in your car, for instance, and you head outside from you know your warm house or play space toss your cards in the car where it's cold that the cold can do that as well to, fo- to older foils and again this isn't necessarily damage we're not talking about you know any kind of destruction of the card this is just the the foil gets a little foggy yeah so if you're going to pick up stuff from this era at uh, lp or near mint and you get it you receive it it's foggy it's stuff like that it's kind of up to you how you want to perceive that grading but just know it is something that happens fairly commonly with with older foils like that yeah and keep an eye out for it because it may be a thing you care about yep exactly Uh, and uh, my pick for the week as we head out is going to be mox amber Uh, this is a card that i've been high on to uh varying degrees since release since dominaria released when i think it was 15 ish or settled into 15 after the uh, pre-release hype of 30 and had no homes um, i've been in the yeah. mindset that this card should be uh, more than 10 when it bottomed out towards five i was pretty sure there was no way that the finance community as a whole would let a mox fall that low and they would float it at 10 and i, I picked up a bunch as i can because at five dollars i really don't think i can go wrong this card is generally speaking between one to two <clears throat> 
one or two CMC legends away from being modern playable. Yeah. And if it is, a lot of those legends are pretty good. We're not talking like Norn the Wary style legends. We're talking about like Lavinia style stuff. You know, taxing yeah. effects, uh, hate bears are just under cost of creatures. Jace from the Prodigy is a two CMC. Zergo Bell Striker is one. Norin is one. You know, we're, we're getting into uh, an area where we're going to have a lot of critical mass. And recently, this card's had a lot of movement on it based on the fact that uh, War of the Spark was announced. And shortly thereafter, they said this is going to be either a very Legends heavy set or a very Planeswalker heavy set. I can't remember which. And so there is the thought that yeah, we're going to get a lot of cheap legends to play so this card is going to, could be a standard player and it could be a modern player immediately after i personally the other interesting thing that happened after that announcement was mara was asked flip walkers if or oh, yeah. when and he said very strong when yeah which war of the spark could be walkers and legendaries yes so and i don't think this is a card that's going to make a huge splash in standard even if we do get uh a lot of flipwalkers because there is a lot of just idle hate in main decks or there can be with with cards like thrashing brontodon in the format you know that yeah. card existed for a while in the golgari main deck and it could exist again i think this uh, still has long-term playability in modern not so much any other older formats because it's hard to find cheap legends that aren't like stang yeah so $15, I think, right now might be a little steep. We need to wait for this to cool down a little bit, but I yeah. think we're going to see it go up above 15 in the long term. If you can pick these up for close to the old price, because I honestly don't know who's buying these things right now besides people who want to try and get ahead of whatever war could be bringing. And there's a, a bunch of FOMO around this right now. I think yeah. it cools back again towards 10. If you can pick them up around there or 8, I think this is, that's a fine place to be moving forward on this card. I think it's a great position. I don't know how long this is going to take to heat up, though. If it's yeah. more of the spark, then we're looking at three to six months before you can start uh, dumping for probably 15 to 20. Uh, if, the, if that set does necessitate the fact that this card is has to be is and has to be played. Yeah. Uh, if it's not War of the Spark, then it could be another year or two before we see this kind of dis just dry up and disappear naturally. But that's my pick. Yeah, I like it. Uh, well, guys, you can find me at Thirsty Sizzler on Twitter. You also make sure to sub to our Patreon. We are doing a giveaway. As soon as we get to 100 patrons, one lucky patron gets a box of Ultimate Masters mailed straight to their door. Yep. And it's this isn't just a, a one-term gimmick. This is something that we want to keep doing to give back to our patrons to allow us to keep filming. Uh, we don't have a podcast studio and we don't have unified equipment, but we can with your help. Yes, Remember please. That. So uh, I am Halt, I am Reptar on Twitter and Reddit. You can find us at MTG Cabalcast on Twitter, and that is also our Patreon address. Uh, you can, yep. Uh, we've mentioned it before. Uh, even signing up for a dollar a month allows you to uh, AMA us directly in our Discord. You can even AMA us if you don't want to join the Patreon on Twitter. You can hit either of us individually or the Cabalcast as a whole. We're more than happy to answer any questions you have here or on Twitter, wherever we can. Yep. With that, thank you guys. Appreciate it.